Chapter 6, Part 1 of the Commentaries on the Laws of England, Book 2, by William Blackstone. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Roy Haynes. Of the Modern English Tenures, Part 1. Although by the means that were mentioned in the preceding chapter, the oppressive or military part of the feudal constitution was happily done away, yet we are not to imagine that the constitution itself was utterly laid aside and a new one introduced in its room, since by the statute 123 Charles II, the tenures of Sockage and Frankelmoyne, the honorary services of Grand Sergeanty and the tenure by copy of court roll were reserved. Nay, all tenures in general, except Frankelmoyne, Grand Sergeanty, and Copyhold, were reduced to one general species of tenure, then well known and subsisting, called free and common sockage. And this, being sprung from the same feudal original as the rest, demonstrates the necessity of fully contemplating that ancient system, since it is that alone to which we can recur to explain any seeming or real difficulties that may arise in our present mode of tenure. The military tenure, or that by night service, consisted of what were reputed the most free and honorable services, but which in their nature were unavoidably uncertain in respect of the time of their performance. The second species of tenure, or free sockage, consisted also of free and honorable services, but such as were liquidated and reduced to an absolute certainty. And this tenure not only subsists to this day, but has in manner absorbed and swallowed up, since the statute of Charles II, almost every other species of tenure and to this we are next to proceed. 2. Sockage, in its most general and extensive signification, seems to denote a tenure by any certain and determined service. And in this sense, it is by our ancient writers constantly put in opposition to chivalry or knight service, where the render was precarious and uncertain. Thus, Bracton, if a man holds by a rent in money, without any escuage or sergeanty, ide tenementum dicipotest socagium. But if you add thereto any royal service or escuage to any, the smallest amount, ili deduci poteret nufiudem militare. So too, the author of Fleda, ex donationibus servitia militaria vel maniae, seriente non contentibus, oritor nois quadem nomen generale, quodesta socagium. Littleton also defines it to be, where the tenant holds his tenement of the Lord by any certain service in lieu of all other services, so that they be not services of chivalry or knight service. And therefore afterwards he tells us, that whatsoever is not tenure in chivalry is tenure in sockage. In like manner, as it is defined by Finch, a tenure to be done out of war.
The service must therefore be certain in order to denominate it sockage. As to hold by fealty and twenty shillings rent, or by homage, fealty and twenty shillings rent, or by homage and fealty without rent, or by fealty and certain corporal service as ploughing the Lord's land for three days, or by fealty only without any other service, for all these are tenures in sockage. But sockage, as was hinted in the last chapter, is of two sorts. Free sockage, where the services are not only certain, but honorable, and villain sockage, where the services, though certain, are of a baser nature. Such as hold by the former tenure are called in Glanville and other subsequent authors by the name of liberi socimane, or tenants in free sockage. Of this tenure we are first to speak, and this, both in the nature of its service and the fruits and consequences appertaining thereto, was always by much the most free and independent species of any. And therefore, I cannot but assent to Mr. Sumner's etymology of the word, who derives it from the Saxon appellation so, which signifies liberty or privilege, and, being joined to a usual termination, is called sockage. In Latin, socagium, signifying thereby a free or privileged tenure. This etymology seems to be much more just than that of our common lawyers in general, who derive it from soca, an old Latin word denoting, as they tell us, a plow. For that in ancient time, this sockage tenure consisted in nothing else but services of husbandry, which the tenant was bound to do to his lord, as to plow, sow, or reap for him. But that, in process of time, this service was changed into an annual rent by consent of all parties, and that, in memory of its original, it still retains the name of sockage or plough service. But this by no means agrees with what Littleton himself tells us, that to hold by fealty only, without paying any rent, is tenure in sockage. For here is plainly no commutation for plough service. Besides, even services confessed of a military nature and original, as escuage itself, which while it remained uncertain was equivalent to night service, the instant they were reduced to a certainty changed both their name and nature and were called sockage. It was the certainty, therefore, that denominated it a sockage tenure, and nothing sure could be a greater liberty or privilege than to have the service ascertained and not left to the arbitrary calls of the Lord as in the tenures of chivalry. Wherefore also Britain, who describes sockage tenure under the name Franke Ferme, tells us that they are lands and tenements, whereof the nature of the fee is changed by fiefment out of chivalry for certain yearly services, and in respect whereof neither homage, ward, marriage, nor relief can be demanded. Which leads us also to another observation that if sockage tenures were of such base and servile original, it is hard to account for the very great immunities which the tenants of them always enjoyed, so highly superior to those of tenants by chivalry, that it was thought 
in the reigns of both Edward I and Charles II, a point of the utmost importance and value to the tenants to reduce the tenure by night service to franke firmer or tenure by sockage. We may, therefore, I think, fairly conclude in favor of Sumner's etymology and the liberal extraction of the tenure and free sockage against the authority of even Littleton himself. Taking this, then, to be the meaning of the word, it seems probable that the sockage tenures were the relics of Saxon liberty retained by such persons as had neither forfeited them to the king nor been obliged to exchange their tenure for the more honorable, as it was called, but at the same time more burdensome tenure of knight service. This peculiarly remarkable in the tenure which prevails in Kent called gavelkind, which is generally acknowledged to be a species of sockage tenure, the preservation whereof inviolate from the innovations of the Norman conqueror is a fact universally known. And those who thus preserved their liberties were said to hold in free and common socket. As, therefore, the grand criterion and distinguishing mark of this species of tenure are the having its renders or services ascertained, it will include under it all other methods of holding free lands, by certain and invariable rents and duties, and, in particular, petite sergeanty, tenure in burgage, and gavel kind. We may remember that by the statute 12, Charles II, grand sergeanty is not itself totally abolished, but only the slavish appendages belonging to it. For the honorary services, such as carrying the king's sword or banner, officiating as his butler, carver, etc., at the coronation, are still reserved. Now petite sergeanty bears a great resemblance to grand sergeanty, for as the one is personal service, so the other is a rent or render, both tending to some purpose relative to the king's person. Petite sergeanty, as defined by Littleton, consists in holding lands of the king by the service of rendering to him annually some small implement of war, as a bow, a sword, a lance, an arrow, or the like. This, he says, is but sockage in effect, for it is no personal service but a certain rent. And, we may add, it is clearly no predial service or service of the plow, but in all respects liberum et commune socagium, only being held of the king, it is by way of eminence dignified with the title of parvum servitium regis, or petite sergeanty. And Magna Carta respects it in this light when it enacts that no wardship of the lands or body shall be claimed by the king in virtue of a tenure by petite sergeanty. Tenure in burgage is described by Glanville, and is expressly said by Littleton, to be but tenure in sockage, and it is where the king or other person is lord of an ancient borough in which the tenements are held by a rent certain. It is indeed only a kind of town sockage, as common sockage, by which other lands are holden, is usually of a rural nature. A borough, as we have formerly seen, is distinguished from other towns by the right of sending members to Parliament, and, where the right of election is by burgage tenure, 
That alone is a proof of the antiquity of the borough. Tenure in burgage, therefore, or burgage tenure, is where houses or lands which were formerly the site of houses in an ancient borough are held of some lord in common sockage by a certain established rent. And these seem to have withstood the shock of the Norman encroachments principally on account of their insignificance, which made it not worthwhile to compel them to an alteration of tenure, as an hundred of them put together would scarce have amounted to a knight's fee. Besides, the owners of them, being chiefly artificers and persons engaged in trade, could not with any tolerable propriety be put on such a military establishment as the tenure in chivalry was. And here also we have again an instance where tenure is confessedly in sockage and yet is impossible ever to have been held by plough service, since the tenants must have been citizens or burghers, the situation frequently a wall town, the tenement the single house, so that none of the owners was probably master of a plough or was able to use one if he had it. The free sockage, therefore, in which these tenements are held, seems to be plainly a remnant of Saxon liberty, which may also account for the great variety of customs affecting these tenements so held in ancient burgage, the principal and most remarkable of which is that called Borough English, so named in contradistinction, as it were, to the Norman customs, and which is taken notice of by Glanville and Littleton, viz., that the youngest son, and not the eldest, succeeds to the burgage tenement on the death of his father, for which Littleton gives this reason, because the youngest son, by reason of his tender age, is not so capable as the rest of his brethren to help himself. Other authors have indeed given a much stranger reason for this custom, as if the lord of the fee had anciently a right to break the seventh commandment with his tenant's wife on her wedding night, and that therefore the tenement descended not to the eldest, but the youngest son, who was more certainly the offspring of the tenant. But I cannot learn that ever this custom prevailed in England, though it certainly did in Scotland, under the name Merchetta or Marchetta, till abolished by Malcolm III. And perhaps a more rational account than either may be fetched, though at a sufficient distance, from the practice of the Tartars, among whom, according to the father Duhald, this custom of descent of the youngest son also prevails. That nation is composed totally of shepherds and herdsmen, and the elder sons, as soon as they are capable of leading a pastoral life, migrate from their father with a certain allotment of cattle, and go to seek new habitation. The youngest son, therefore, who continues latest with the father, is naturally the heir of his house, the rest being already provided for. And thus we find that, among many other northern nations, it was the custom for all the sons but one to migrate from the father, which one became his heir. So that possibly this custom, wherever it prevails, may be the remnant of that pastoral state of our British and German ancestors, which Caesar and Tacitus describe. 
other special customs there are in burgage tenures, as that the wife shall be endowed of all her husband's tenements, and not of the third part only, as at the common law, and that a man might dispose of his tenements by will, which, in general, was not permitted after the conquest till the reign of Henry the Eighth, though in the Saxon times it was allowable. A pregnant proof that these liberties of Sockage tenure were fragments of Saxon liberty. The nature of the tenure in Gavelkind affords us a still stronger argument. It is universally known what struggles the Kentish men made to preserve their ancient liberties and with how much success those struggles were attended. And it is principally here that we meet with the custom of Gavelkind, though it was and is to be found in other parts of the kingdom. We may fairly conclude that this was a part of those liberties, agreeably to Mr. Selden's opinion, that Gavelkind before the Norman conquest was the general custom of the realm. The distinguishing properties of this tenure are various. Some of the principal are these. 1. The tenant is of age sufficient to alien his estate by fiefment at the age of 15. 2. The estate does not achet in case of an attainder an execution for felony, their maxim being the father to the bow, the son to the plow. 3. In most places he had a power of devising land by will before the statute for that purpose was made. 4. The lands descend not to the eldest, youngest, or any one son only, but to all the sons together, which was indeed anciently the most usual course of descent all over England, though in particular places particular customs prevailed. These, among other properties, distinguish this tenure in a most remarkable manner, and yet it is held to be only a species of a sockage tenure modified by the custom of the country, being held by suit of court and fealty, which is a service in its nature certain. Wherefore, by a charter of King John, Hubert, Archbishop of Canterbury, was authorized to exchange the Gavelkind tenures holding of the fee of Canterbury into tenures by night service, and by statute 31 Henry VIII, C3, for disgaveling the lands of diverse lords and gentlemen in the county of Kent, they are directed to be descendable for the future like other lands, which were never holden by service of sockage. Now the immunities which the tenants in Gavelkind enjoyed were such as we cannot conceive should be conferred upon mere plowmen or peasants, from all which I think it sufficiently clear that tenures in free sockage are in general of a nobler original than is assigned by Littleton and after him by the bulk of our common lawyers. End of chapter 6, part 1